Hello and welcome everyone to something new here at Heartland Church of Christ. Um, I am not the youth minister, Jeff A. Dare, and one of our shepherds, who's also our involvement minister, Steve Gibney, joins me. Um, hello, Steve. How, how's it going today? Good, good. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing great. Glad I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad you're stepping out and doing something a little bit different. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, so, for, for those of uh, listening who may not know who you are, uh, could you give us a little background on on how we got to here we are now, here we are today, and and how you got here? Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, me and my wife have been living here in Kansas City for about thirty three. 33 and a half years or so, um, and been a member here at Gladstone or Heartland for most of that time. Um, I was converted in 1983 uh, by a minister named Bill Crossman, uh, who worked with the prison ministry in the Kansas City and the Leavenworth area. And um, I was converted by him, uh, lived in Springfield area for um, a, a few years where I met my wife, uh, and then uh, I was able to get a job here and move to Kansas City. And lo and behold, the first congregation that we uh, visited was Gladstone. And it turned out that Gladstone Congregation was uh, currently working with that same prison ministry that has converted me. And so it was a natural. We never visited another congregation. Um, And uh, so we've loved it here. Uh, We've served here, tried to be involved in in a number of different things over the years, starting with the prison ministry, working Mm. in that, and then uh, doing other things as well, too. And so um, now here, several years later, uh, I'm retired and kind of of putting my time into this involvement ministry and the discipleship ministry that we have here. Oh, that's awesome. Um, That is an awesome thing to be a part of, too. That's so cool. Um, Thank you for sharing that. That's an awesome story. I... uh, want to tell you that uh, you know with, with Danny's podcast I have a few surprises but since today uh, you know we're just getting started and there's not too many surprises for you so just a heads up for you on that one mm-hmm. um, you know as, as you've been uh, going over uh, your class on Sunday mornings on uh, spiritual formation that's uh, 9 a.m. on zoom for those of you out there listening um, and I wanted to know if, if he would be interested in getting uh, the material in, out in podcast form. So what we're going to do uh, for you guys is we're going to take all that material over the spiritual disciplines and a lot of the spiritual formation stuff, and we're going to try to we're going to condense it down into hopefully an hour, hour, a little bit over uh, episodes of each spiritual discipline uh, here in the coming weeks, so that you can so this will be recorded. And you guys can go back to them and have them downloaded on any device that you have. So that's kind of the idea of this podcast. And uh, again, thank you so much for stepping out and doing this. This is. Um, I know this is probably something out of you guys' comfort zone, but I'm glad you guys are doing it with me. So that's that's fun. Uh, so, um, what do you say we get into it, Steve? What do you think? I'd say let's go for it. Okay, so before we get started, of course, I'm gonna have some icebreaker questions because I'm a youth minister. I'm gonna have that. Um, so, did you? What was your first car, and did you have a name for it? My first car was a 1968 Mercury Montego. Oh, hey, all right. Uh huh. It was white with a black vinyl top. Um, and it was a three-speed shift on the column. Hey. Ow. Uh, that was a, a, a rude awakening into drivership wow. uh, because that thing gave me no end of trouble. And I don't <laughs> think I had a name for it, but if I did have a name for it, I probably wouldn't be able to repeat it. Either, so. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, My grandpa called those kinds um, of transmissions three on the tree. Three you on ever the heard tree. that? Okay. Yep, yep, that was the term. Yep. Never driven a car with three on the tree, but hey, maybe maybe I can see a picture of it someday. That'd be yeah, fun. It left me stranded in a few places. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll get lightened up here. What's the what's the best thing about being a grandparent? The 
best thing about being oh oh it's just seeing those kids uh their faces light up um just seeing all the energy they have and just joy just to look at them and, and be able to be around them nice all right so um how about well, one more before we get started here what's your go-to meal my go-to meal um i i i love lasagna that's probably, oh, wow. probably okay. one of the one of those kind of comfort meals yeah. um and um but other than that i would say oh meatloaf and mashed potatoes oh man yes you must be a midwest boy comfort food yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that all right let's 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 get started steve all right why is it so important for us as Christians and followers of Jesus to uh, have a rhythm of these uh, spiritual disciplines in our daily lives? All right. Well, um, so, the, so the New Testament letters, and we talked about this in the class, uh, they were really all written for the purpose of helping Christians to be formed spiritually. Okay. So if you think about them, there's a lot of messages in the New Testament letters from Paul and the other writers, uh, but underneath all of them is that idea of spiritual formation. Every one of the letters were written to um, Christians, people who had already named Christ as their Lord and, and baptized into him. And, um, but they needed more encouragement. They needed more teaching. They needed more examples. They needed more prayers over them. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens in the New Testament letters. Um, Paul frequently begins with a prayer for the, for the, the people that he's writing to. Right. And if you see in those prayers, uh, what he's praying for is their spiritual formation. Yeah. They will grow more enlightened in knowledge and in the love and the grace and the knowledge of, of, of Christ, or, or in various ways he, he, uh, he mentions that. Uh, the teachings uh, and, and all of the, a lot of the language and the imagery that's used in those letters is all around spiritual formation or spiritual growth. And so one of the key concepts that um, we have in the class that we talked about, the, for the first one is spiritual formation is really always about an interchange uh, that must take place, not just exchange, uh, change in external behavior. Oh yeah. Okay. So right. it's an internal thing, and I think we all we all get that. We all know that, you know. But change is difficult, yes. uh, and many of us are not. Most of us are probably not comfortable with it at all. Right. We love to be where we are. You know, I like like I say, I you know, if you if you just wanted to feed me one meal and I didn't have to change, it would be mashed potatoes and go. meatloaf, right? And I wouldn't I wouldn't have to change or make a decision at all. Yeah. But but our spiritual life is not like that. So um, we we need to be continued to challenge and, and grow, and that's what the New Testament letters do. Um, I think many of us, beyond just what we uh, want um, to know in our minds, I think we also, many of us have this desire and this feeling that, you know, even though my Christian life has blessed me, and, and I could give you a lot of reasons for saying, you know, here's why my, my Christian life has blessed me, yeah. there's, there's maybe something a little deeper that I, that, I, that I just haven't got yet. And I think no matter where you are, um, on your your journey, yeah. that we can always go a little deeper. We never make it all the way in our in deeper in our relationship with Christ, deeper in our Christ likeness right. that yeah. we want to develop. And so, what we really want, what we really need, is something that changes within my basic self. I want something really in me to be changed 
um, I can go to church, I can do all kind of the right things, and I know that those will help, but um, somewhere it, at the end of it, I just really need to have this internal change. And so that's what spiritual formation is about. Yeah, um, when you say you can go to church and do all those things, it's kind of like, um, you know, you check the box. It's kind of like what it is. Right. You know, you, you wake up, you, you brush your teeth, you check that box, you, you, you do your things, you know, you do your daily routine. So yeah, I've always thought about that. Um, you know, I want to spend a little more time on, on the interchange, uh, just on the external behavior, if we can, because um, I've always thought um, that one of the most powerful things that we have from God is the ability to choose what we think or about or dwell on. Um, so I think it's important to let everyone know how important that is. Um, and we will cover, you know, the power in that as we go on, of course. Um, but, but Scripture tells us that when we believe in Jesus and we are baptized into Christ, we are a new creation. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because you're talking about internal... Uh, change and then we're a new creation. So um, wanted, wanted to expand on that if we could. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so let's stop and look first at the Sermon on the Mount. So the yeah. Sermon on the Mount is really Jesus's vision for his disciples, his vision for the kingdom, and what disciples will look like in the kingdom. So when he talks about his disciples in the in the Sermon on the Mount. He begins in the Beatitudes, for instance, saying, you know, these are people who are meek and merciful, pure and peaceful, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay? There's something inner, inside them that's different. Right. I was going to say, those are very hard to do on the outside, ex external behaviors. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And he goes on to say, uh, when he talks about, you've heard it said this, but I won't say this. He's talking about people who are changed from the heart. And again, not just obeying these external rules. He goes on to say later in the sermon, he says, you know, there are people who pray, who fast, and who give to the needy. But, but those acts are between themselves and God, and they're not something that's done for show for men. Yeah. Again, it's an internal thing and not an external show. And then he also said that they are a people who whose treasure is in heaven, whose focus is in heaven, who trust and follow Jesus by doing what he says. And really in all of those are those elements of being that new creation. That's the, that's the vision for a disciple. And so spiritual formation really walks through all of those different aspects of what Christ wants us to be. And so um, if we wanna be like Christ though, New create we're we're newly created when we come up out of the water. Yes. But there's a journey. Oh yeah. You know, we are not instantaneously changed to where we're walking and talking and thinking and acting from the heart like Christ. Boy, that would be great. That would mm -hmm. that would be an awesome thing if we could just do that if it happened like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't. So it takes it takes this process of spiritual formation for us to get there. And yeah, that's a... That would, that would be quite the thought if we couldn't just happen to be like that, you know. Um, but like I said, you know, they'd be nice to to have that as soon as we come out of the water. Uh, but, you know, it's a process, and it, it's a good process. Um, I've made the analogy quite a few times of uh, um, new wine, you know, and the process of making wine is you're, you're pressing and or like the kneading of the dough for communion that we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is quite the process. But um, so the language of spiritual formation, is, where exactly does that come from? Is that... Um, something that's always been around and, and Paul has got the, uh, he had the manual for it or, or where does that language come from exactly? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe we haven't used that language a lot, you know. We talk about spiritual growth, but maybe we don't say spiritual formation yeah. so much. But that language does come directly from Paul. Uh, specifically in, in many of his letters, uh, he speaks of Christ being formed in us. Okay, and so yeah. spiritual formation is about having Christ formed in us. Uh, there's language about being transformed or not being conformed. Okay. And all of those are words uh, speaking to this idea of formation. Uh, and so we'll get into that more as, as, as we talk here, but that's the basis behind it. Uh, Paul's letters are very heavily sprinkled with the words and ideas of formation. Okay, well, let's, um, let's, let's get a little into God's Word about some scriptures of formation and, and those things we just talked about. Um, so let's, let's start with the idea of formation. So what, uh, what can we uh, read in, in God's Word about formation? Okay. And, uh, and new creation. And the new creation. Yeah. Okay. So again, like we'd said a little bit earlier, you know, the new creation, we are new creation when you come up out of the water, but it doesn't, but, but that change still needs to happen internally for us. And so um, the scripture does talk a lot uh, about uh, the idea of renewal and new creation and renewal. Uh, so for instance, uh, Paul in Romans chapter 12 says, um, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? So that transforming involves a renewal. Okay. Right? In Ephesians, uh, he also writes, chapter 4, starting at verse 22, he says, you know, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Uh -huh. Okay. To put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay. And so renewal is very key to that transformation. He says something similar in the book of Colossians, but uh, the other one that I want to mention here is that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul puts it this way. He says, Therefore we, we Christians, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Mm. So there's this inner renewal happening day by day. And, and believe me, I understand that outwardly decaying. You know, I'm yeah. wasting away <laughs> over here. You know, I got these age spots and I can see my, I can see my blue veins in my hands. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, and I lose my more hair every day. And so I, I can see myself wasting away. But oh, it's good to know that inwardly I am being renewed day by day and I and I, and I feel that I know that's happening yes, that's very comforting to to know that yeah, and um, to be renewed every day because um, I wake up for some reason I'm getting closer to 40 so uh, for some reason I wake up a, a new body part seems to be hurting for some reason I slept on it wrong or something so <laughs> I'm getting there as, as well I get that um, this word of transformation um, how how can we because I know it's it's it always has um, origin somewhere and um, I know the root word uh greek is morph so i know there's a few people out there that probably hear that word and they uh think of something else so if we want to uh, expand on that just a little bit that'd be uh that would help um, i know a few people out there i'm sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure sure another one of the key concepts that um paul talks about uh and that, that we highlight in the class is that god's purpose has always been to have a people conformed to the image of god's son Okay, so again, that word conformed 
to the image of God's Son. So he calls us to be molded so we can experience his blessings. And that comes from Romans chapter 8, where it says, in verse 29, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to okay. the image of his Son, that he may be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So again, we are called to be conformed, and that's God's primary purpose. And that word conformed, like transformed, and some of the other words that we've looked at come from that Greek word morphe. Okay. Uh, and that's the root word. So just like form is the root word of transformed or conformed, um, morphe is the um, root word for, for Paul's language. Okay. Uh, in Romans and in a number of other places that we'll look at as well. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, man, the idea of made into the image of, of Jesus, that is, of course, a beautiful picture when you sit and think about it. Um, but I want to spend some more time on that uh, because uh, I know in your, in your class, you said Christ became like us so we can become like him. That, I mean, that is very, uh, that's a, a ponder question for me. You know, I would think about that for a long time because of all the things that he went through for me. That's kind of, it's very humbling, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, so being transformed into the image of his son, I, wanna, I want you to expand on that if you could. Sure, sure. Um, he talks about that in a number of places, but primarily I'd like to focus on, on the book of Philippians, and we do this in the class as well, too. And so in, in chapters 2 and 3 of Philippians, kind of the core of that book this whole language of formation really comes out and that whole process of this transformation, Christ being transformed for us so that we can be transformed for him. Yeah. Um, that whole interchange happens in the book of Philippians. And in chapter two, verse five, which we're familiar with, he begins saying this, he says, you know, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, that word there in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form, okay. again, that word, of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness. And that word likeness, again, connotes that same idea of taking a form of, okay. of man. So he came in the flesh. So he was transformed. He, he originally existed in the form of God. Yeah. Jesus is divine. He existed from eternity with God in heaven. And so he existed in the form of God. Yeah. And he took on the form of flesh, right? We all know that to come down here and be with us. But more than that, he humbled himself to death on the cross. Right. Okay. So that begins this idea of Jesus's part in that transaction. Paul goes on later to say in the book, he says, you know, I want my life to be made in the likeness of Jesus. He says, I want to be, now I want to be formed like Jesus. Yeah. And then he goes further to say, now I want you Christians who I'm writing to, to follow my example that I'm following of Christ so that you can be transformed as well too. So this whole chain of Christ was transformed so Paul and then us could be transformed yeah. uh, is just a really beautiful picture. And then he caps it off uh, in the, later in the book by saying, when Jesus returns, says, then he will transform our bodies to be like his glorious body. Oh. 
Wow. So it'll all come to return. Yeah. So if we allow him to transform us in this life here right now, when he returns, he, he will do a transformation that's even more amazing because we will be given immortal bodies. Yeah. And so that whole interchange comes that he came down to be like us so we could come to be like him. I just think it's just, that it's just awesome. powerful. Yeah, that is definitely. Um, you know, in, in Romans chapter 12, he says um, the, the change is meant to be as complete uh, inside and out and radical as the change of a, of a caterpillar to a butterfly. You said that in your class. That's a, a, another great analogy. That's how, because um, I think we can all, I think we all have seen a caterpillar and then we all know we've all seen a butterfly as well. Two different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, the outward change uh, is practices and behavior, but a complete renewal from the inside. That's just a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one of the pictures that, again, uses that word. So the behind that word uh, is the word we get for metamorphosis. So again, morphe, okay. uh, the word metamorphosis comes from this Greek word, um, metamorpho, that says, you know, this transformation is happening. And so it, it is an exact correlation to that idea of metamorphosis, which we all learned in our probably our first elementary school science class. Right, yeah. You know, like you said, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, Paul makes a lot of, like you said, uh, references to uh, spiritual growth or spiritual formation. Um, and you know, this next one, of course, we're going to just, just gently touch on because we're, you know, two men talking about childbirth. So <laughs> gently touch on that one. Um, but he, you know, he mentions in Galatians that um, he uses the image that he, Christ will be formed in you when writing to the Galatians. Uh, to the church there. He says, uh, Galatians 4.19, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So when he says Christ is forming you again, is, is it the same same language that he's using? Or because he's mentioning childbirth, is it something different? It, it is. It's, it's that idea of formation again. And the same word is being used in the Greek. And, um, and it, it is, it's interesting here uh, because there's kind of uh, two, two parts uh, Paul is kind of picturing himself, again, here's another man talking about childbirth. <laughs> right. But anyway, <laughs> here he's saying, you know, I feel like I'm in the chain, in, in the pains of childbirth. You know, I, I'm the one that feels like I'm the, I'm the mother. Right. Um, and until Christ is formed in you, as though Christ you know, in the person was being formed as a baby is formed in okay. the womb. So there's kind of two sides to it. Yeah. He kind of feels like the parent, but, but they're also sort of where Christ is forming, you know. Yeah. Um, but it is very interesting that he, that he uses that language. And I think he, he talks in other places about, you know, I cared for you as a nursing mother. Right. He uses that motherly kind of language in a lot of places. And so I think it's just a way of him, him expressing how deeply he cares for the fact that their spiritual formation is important. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I've never really uh, dove in too deep in that, uh, so I appreciate that. So the uh, transformation, of course, we all know that... Um, it goes on the inside, and it's by the by the Holy Spirit. We have that gift. Uh, he also talks about um, in Second Corinthians about um, and all the passages that we've uh, mentioned too. Um, he's indicating that it's not something we do, but which God does in us. Um, um, you know, you mentioned that in class as well. I was wondering if we could uh, maybe just pick on that uh, particular uh, verse and, and and see what uh, we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in all of these instances. Um, this word is used in the passive voice. 
Okay. Um, which means it is something that's occurring to the person, not something that you're actively doing yourself. Okay. And so when it says be transformed, um, that idea is no, no, not saying go out and transform yourself. Follow this list. Here's the manual. Go transform yourself, and when you get it all done, then you then you'll be like Christ. But it's be transformed. So a major part that we talk about, and we'll talk about more, is is us putting ourselves in the position to allow Christ to transform us, and that's a lot oh, of what the spiritual go. disciplines are about. So it's always the passive voice. And um, in Second Corinthians three eighteen, he makes this point. Uh, when he say, says that we are being transformed into the image, into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Yeah. So we are being transformed. In other words, it's, it's happening to us and it comes from the Lord who is the spirit. He, God's the one who's doing the transforming through the spirit in us. Yeah, so we need to be uh, open to that, and that's uh, you know one of the um, main reasons we're starting this podcast is to get all the, uh, this content out there so you guys can have uh, it constantly to to continue to to grow uh, in, in formation um, with everybody. So uh, I want to move on to some uh, some more stuff we have here, Steve. But um, give a little bit of summary for everybody of what we just went over because we, we went over quite a bit of stuff. Um, so kind uh, of give a summary before we head into the. Uh, life-giving internal change that we're going to spend more time on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So each of us needs to develop spiritually as individual Christians. Uh, and as well, the New Testament writers emphasize spiritual formation as a process of all members growing together as a community. So haven't said it before really here in this podcast, but you know, it's important for us to understand that uh, spiritual formation is an individual thing. There's also a community aspect to it. Yes. We're all growing and growing up together to be built up. As Paul and Peter both say, you know, we're going to be built up together into a spiritual house. Right. Yeah. And so um, that's, that's the uh, emphasis in the New Testament letters uh, and, our, and our goal for everyone in the congregation at Heartland uh, to, to grow. Yeah, and you'd be developed. I mean, we can be, uh, and that's one thing I learned when I uh, first became a Christian is that um, you constantly need to be learning more and diving deeper into your relationship with Jesus because contentment is something that the world kind of teaches you. Kind of be, hey, this is what you need, and you'll be good after that. Mm-hmm. But Christ, we're, we're constantly improving ourselves and trying to be more like Him every day. So, yes, I, I appreciate that, and we're. Hoping this will be a great benefit for everyone. Um, so, you know, I've, I've read a few uh, books on spiritual formation. And uh, Henry Nouwen is uh, one that I, I really loved reading. Um, he talks about formation in the terms of movements from things that enslave us to those that give us life. Um, he doesn't say that it is like a, a ladder, which, of course, I love um, because it's not telling you that you have to go from one to the next and then you get to the top. It's there. And, that, and there you are. I like that. Um, but it's more development in various areas at the same time throughout, uh, throughout your life. So um, I know Steve, you mentioned Henry now uh, in, in your class too, and he talks about life giving internal change. So I wanted to move on to, to something like that um, and then talk about our, uh, how, how important that is um, and what, steps we can take for that sure sure sure. yeah yeah so first first uh, just to, to, to back up a little bit one of the things uh as i began reading 
material from different authors on spiritual formation. Um, you know, I continued to see uh, each one of them uh, quoting Henry Nouwen. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt like I was getting so much from these readings uh, that I, I really wanted to incorporate that into this class as well, too. I felt that, you know, perhaps uh, mentioning a few authors and what they say about it might pique some people's interest in going and reading further on that as well, sure, too, yeah. because I think it's been helpful for me. So that's one of the reasons I include a lot of that in the class. Um, but, uh, yeah, Henry Nowen, uh, when I've read him, is very, um, he's, he just says it very in an articulate way. And yeah. he's very, he kind of hits the nail on the mark. And sometimes you got to think about it for a while. Yeah. But he's really good at expressing it. And so his definition of uh, spiritual formation has to do with life uh, giving internal change. He says, spiritual formation prepares us for a life in which we move away from our fears, compulsions, resentments, and sorrows to serve with joy and courage in the world, even when this leads us to places we would rather not go. Uh-huh. So he says a lot in there, but um, you know, he talks about our fears, compulsions, resentments, and sorrows. And you know, really in our life, a lot of what we do is based on that. Yeah. Let's say, you know, maybe we fear failure, and so we're driven by the fear of failure. Maybe we fear um, not being approved of by somebody with something we do. So we behave so that we will be approved of by others or accepted. You know, sometimes our struggle in life is just to be accepted by others, right. yeah. and we live in fear of not being accepted. And so sometimes that drives behaviors that are not godlike. You know, not in every case, but but it does. Um, our compulsions that he talks about; those are the things like you know, what drives us. Uh, you know, is just being wealthy or successful. You know, what kinds of things drive us uh, to do the things that we do and to live the way that we live. And he says, you know, spiritual formation is about helping pull our motivations away from those things towards, as he says it, to serve with joy and courage in the world. Yeah. Serve with joy just for the joy of knowing that we're doing it for Christ. We're not doing it for people. Right. Um, we do it with courage because I, I'm not going to live in fear of failure or fear, fear of not being accepted. But, you know, my total dedication and devotion is to Christ. And so that's a very releasing feeling. But how do we get there? You know, that's kind of the question. Yes. And um, so that's that's the goal. We would all love to live like that. And um, and he says spiritual formation is the key to doing that. That is awesome. Um, You talk about. having fear of failure you're also talking to a guy who dresses up like an easter bunny every year for the church yeah so there's there's that um not that i would do that you know I, you may see me doing that if i wasn't the youth minister here but you hey, do that knows? with joy and courage <laughs> That's don't right, you? exactly <laughs> now when the kids come and see me maybe not so <laughs> we'll see not so much <laughs> uh, you also quoted um and actually an author i, I haven't uh, i haven't heard of or picked up on uh, ruth haley barton um, you had a quote here I want to I want to put out there and see if you uh, can help us with the uh, in the process of transformation uh, the spirit of God moves us from behaviors motivated by fear and self-protection to trust and abandonment to God from selfishness and self-absorption to freely offering the gifts of the authentic self 
from the ego's desperate attempts to control the outcome of our lives to an ability to give ourselves over to the will of God, which is often the foolishness of this world. I thought that was just a, a tremendous quote. I had never heard of it. I actually got it on my uh, Amazon wish list now, so I appreciate that. But um, he said, from the ego's desperate attempts to control the outcomes of our lives. Um, before I became a Christian, I read a book by a um, retired professional wrestler who is a Christian minister now, Ted DiBiase. And he made uh, ego into an acronym for edging God out. And that's whatever, whenever he um, would slip into his, uh, he would call them the demons, um, with his substance abuse and everything else, uh, he would he would say that it was what his ego would come out and his edging God out. So that, mm-hmm. that hit me really, really hard. But um, her quote right there is, is an amazing, um, what, uh, how many, is she like a well-known author for spiritual uh, formation or is she rather new? Because I haven't heard from her and that's not uh, saying She's much, been but. writing in the 2000s. Okay. And uh, so she has a few books out. Uh, I first encountered her in a, in a, in a class, um, you know, in, in, uh, in the classes that I've been taking, spiritual formation is usually a part of each and every one of one of the classes so right. I get exposed to it okay. to a new book and and so she wrote one called um, um, the strengthening the soul of your leadership and so it's a leadership okay. uh, for for leaders in the church but it's applicable to anybody in the church it's, I really like that book I, I kind of for a while it was my companion I just yes. read it it was my daily companion uh, because she does she does uh, say things very well in a well in a way that could speak to me anyway. There you go. And so, um, uh, and she writes some other books. So I, I think she's a good writer, and and I would recommend people to to read her as well. But yeah, she says similar uh, things to what Nowen just said in the okay. same quote. It's just a little different wording. Um, and she talks about fear and self-protection. So self-protection is another thing that we, we do. You know, we, we're motivated by, you know, you know, keeping, um, you know, maybe people at arm's length right. or, um, you know, making sure that we don't get exposed if we feel like maybe there's uh, something in our lives we don't want people to get too close to. Right, correct. You know, yeah. Danny talked about this in his vulnerability class uh, on Peak of the Week on, on Wednesday night okay. about just the, this this idea of uh, aggressive um, kind of being genuine. And, um, and, and most of the time we're, we're, we're self-protective, and so we don't allow that to happen. But to, but to your uh, question on the ego's desperate attempts to control the outcomes of our lives. Yeah. Um, I think that was just, a, again, a really good way of saying uh, what what's like. We kind of want to be in control. Right. And giving up control to God is a scary thing because we think now we're going to have to surrender the outcome. Yeah. And that was another thing Danny said at the peak of the week from that book that he was uh, that he was talking about the uh, the the leadership like a drug addict. Right. He said that you know you have to be willing to surrender the outcome, and that's the same as saying you have to be able to surrender to God. But right. surrendering is hard to do. So our ego yeah. keeps wanting to pull us back. Again, it's as desperate attempts to control because we want to give it up, and we think we're doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, something triggers it, and we and we grab it back. Um, so, spiritual formation can help us on our way to let go of that. That's awesome. And not yeah. let that control us. And we say we use the word surrender. That's kind of a, a, a taboo word recently too. I mean, lately, you know, surrendering to God or anything like that is that's kind of scary in itself when you when you say that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
when we're working out our uh, disciplined lifestyle, so we've got, I need some, you mentioned some keys to achieving. So I would love to get some uh, information out there of, of what, what are some keys to achieving these things? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked a lot about spiritual formation, but now, you know, let's get a little bit of the practical information. How do we kind of start doing this? And, yeah. And so um, there are um, two keys. Uh, first of all, uh, it's imitation. And we've okay. seen Paul talk about that. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, that sort of idea. Um, and though we've said the, 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 the real purpose of spiritual formation is so that we can be changed from the inside out. Yes. Um, I think most of the time we have to start with um, kind of just reading what Jesus did and how he's telling us to live and try to start imitating that in our lives, maybe before we really understand how to make it internal. There you go. Yeah. So I think we start that way. Um, you know, we all know the power of an example, right? A lot of people right. look at the media and they want to live the lifestyles of the rich and the famous, mm -hmm. or they want to, you know, take on whatever values they see out there in popular personalities. And uh, though those are most of the time, the wrong examples, uh, it shows us the power of example. Right. And so example is important, whether that's Jesus or Paul or the other apostles or Christians that we know, right. mature Christians we've yeah. seen. So imitation is, is important. And sometimes uh, the saying that, that's gone around, I've heard a lot uh, in our Bible classes and past, is sometimes we have to uh, act our way into a way of feeling you know oh, we have okay. to yeah. do and then before you know before we feel it because sometimes we don't understand it until we go oh now i understand the benefits of living that way definitely and yeah. now i can internalize it so the first thing is really to uh to, to start out with imitation um you know it's outside in but um it it gets us on the road right definitely mm -hmm. yeah beyond that though though we need to internalize it so uh, Dallas Willard is another writer on spiritual yes. disciplines. And he says this, he says, we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of life that he chose for himself. If we have faith in Christ, we must believe that he knew how to live. Yeah. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities that he engaged in by ranging our whole lives around activities he himself practiced in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of his father. Hmm. So then he goes on to say, well, what activities did Jesus practice? He says such things as solitude and silence, prayer, simple and sacrificial living, intense study and meditation upon God's word and God's ways, in service to others. Yeah. So often when I've thought about living like Jesus, my thought process has been, okay, well, if I want to live like Jesus, then I need what I, I need to be kind to people. Uh, I need to be, you know, honest and have integrity. I need to, you know, speak what I, I say, speak the truth. Um, you know, I need to be gentle and humble and all of those qualities. Correct. All right. But uh, the way Willard puts it is, 
you know, how you live like Jesus is to practice a lifestyle that he practiced. And he talks about silence, solitude, prayer. Um, so that's what the spiritual disciplines are about, is to make those things a, a natural part of our lives. And that's what helps us to internalize. Nice. Um, let me take a quick break from that real quick and uh, ask you a, a, and have a little personal conversation. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, I've got a two-year-old son, so uh, silence is one thing that is very rare around my house. Um, now, before uh, he was born, I had a an awesome rhythm of solitude in the morning. Uh, that is uh, somewhat, uh, I don't want to say it's disappeared, but it's gone down drastically, I would say. Um, so the uh, benefits and everything from just those, just that short list that Dallas is talking about, um, I would say that the one uh, I would struggle with the most would be silence. So I, was, I just wanted to ask you if you had, uh, for just from that short list, if anything that you have uh, struggled with right now. I think, you know, I, I I do want to go back to that solitude and silence because it's something that's been fairly, I mean, quiet time is something I've, I've always had through my Christian Christian life, you yeah. know, opening the, opening the word and and reading for for a few minutes, uh, praying, you know, whatever time I have, you know, and and that's different times for different people. Sometimes yeah. your life is busy, and so it you know it can't be as long as other people can can have. So, um, but solitude and silence, I've learned through that listening to God and just and, and part of that's just quieting all those thoughts that go through my head when I'm trying to focus on God. And um, so I have noticed that when you when I do that, uh, and from what I understand this is common to other people as well too, you go through times where um, you're you're getting more and more in tune with God in that in your in your quiet time with him you really feel the presence of God and and you're and you're just listening to him yeah but there are times when it really struggle when you really struggle where it seems like I, I I've kind of lost that ability to in my mind's going on other things I can't settle myself right you know I've got and so um you know, I think everyone will struggle with it, and and there's times where I go through those, and I, and I and kind of recently I've been okay, you know, um, getting up and doing it, but then it's it it can be a struggle. But now, and I think that that's again is Satan is 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 working on us, right? Um, but at the same time, you work through that. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up because uh, it's just part of the journey. Right. Okay. Good. Um, you know, he also, uh, Christ also worshiped God in public settings, and uh, he lived in community with others. So uh, he participated in the Jewish feasts and went to temple. I mean, those are, who, who doesn't like participating in feasts? That's mm-hmm. always been a thing of mine. So uh, uh, he spent time in family celebrations, eating meals in homes, uh, and in closer relationships with a close-knit group of disciples, both men and women. Those are all things I think everybody can uh, agree on, say, hey, those things sound fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, feast, you know, eating eating meals in homes, closer relationships with the close knit people. That's all those things we would uh, we would strive for for sure. Um, so we have the uh, two keys. So we have imitate and internalize. What um, exactly can we do to uh, what, what can we do to create those conditions that create are those. that are perfect mm-hmm. for that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So before I get there, um, 
you know, what you mentioned was a list of things that we do in community. What 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 Willard had had mentioned was were some of these private disciplines uh, that Jesus lived out. And so what we also emphasize in the class as well too is is there are community disciplines. As we okay. talked about earlier, it's not just about our internal growth, but it's as, us as a body together. And so in the class, we also talk about spiritual disciplines. Uh, we haven't done so yet, but we're, we're getting there that are what we do together as a group. Okay. You know, and so Jesus participated in those same things as well, too. And um, so... Um, it, it's important for us to understand that there are uh, there are the individual ones and there are the public ones as well too. Uh, but for creating the conditions, um, as we said before, Christ does the transforming. Uh, we're the recipients of that of that transformation. Um, but we're not passive. Even though we said that the Greek word was used in a passive voice, that Correct. does not mean that we're we are just totally passive that we just sit back and say, okay, God, you do the work. Right. You transform me. <laughs> you do it. You know, tell me when you're done and right. I'll come back. Yeah. You know, I've got something in the microwave. So, you know, <laughs> just, just, just ding and tell me when it's happened. That's right. No, we have to be active in that. Um, and so, you know, it is one thing again, uh, Ruth Haley Barton says, okay. one thing to be able to tweak and control external behaviors, uh, but it's another thing to experience the seismic shifts that change the way I exist in this world. Oh, wow, okay. And again, that, that idea of the worm or the caterpillar crawling on my belly to becoming a butterfly winging its way to the sky. Wow. So, um, it's not just tweaking those behaviors, but there's something that I have to do. And she goes on to say, you know, that's the kind of change that only God can do. Right, yeah. In the end, she says the most hopeful thing that any one of us can say about transformation, and I like the way she says it, and this is the hopeful thing about spiritual transformation. I cannot transform myself or anyone else for that matter. We spend a lot of time trying to transform others, don't we? Correct. Yes, yes, yes we do. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, don't worry about it. Let go of that. I can't transform myself. I can't transform anyone else. But what she says is what I can do is create the conditions in which spiritual transformation can take place. Okay. By developing and maintaining a rhythm of spiritual practices that keep me open and available to God. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so this gets us back to where where you opened us, where you said, you know, maintaining this rhythm of practices. Yeah. You know? And so that is key to keeping ourselves open and available to God. Okay? Uh, we create the conditions uh, by doing uh, a, a few things. Of course, first of all, we have to have that desire. Right, It's yeah. not something anyone can impose upon us. We can't say... You know, um, here's here's the church program, and we're going to force everybody to desire to do this. You know, it has to come from you. You have to have, be willing to do that. Um, so, you know, we may have experienced the blessing of our life in Christ, um, but still we face the stress and uncertainty of daily life. Uh, we may want to go stronger in trust and inner peace, 
in the midst of all the challenges we have in life, but sometimes we're unsure how to do that. Yeah. But if we have the desire, that's the starting point. That is definitely a good starting point. Um, and again, it goes back to the community. You know, you have that starting point of, uh, I want to grow deeper, and you have your church family right there. That's a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We want to guide, uh, I think we said we, we're easy to transform other people, um, but I know this class is uh, aimed to help uh, walk with everyone in this uh, spiritual transformation. So uh, I just want to reiterate that, that everybody, you know, we're going to be going through this together. It's going to be uh, an awesome thing to, to experience together, to be honest with you. Um, I see nothing but joy coming from it. Right. So I, uh, I, hope, I hope so. Yeah, so once um, a person has that desire and they're ready to walk down that road, what are the steps? Yeah. So what we talk about in the class is, is first of all, um, you have to be ready and willing to focus on the presence of God and Christ. Okay? Um, you know, the power of any discipline for spiritual growth lies in whether or not it's connected to Christ, the head of the body. Okay? So Paul invites us uh, to enter the presence of God and Christ as he calls us to set our hearts and our minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And that's in Colossians chapter 3, the beginning of the, the beginning of the chapter. So, first of all, we have to clear our minds of the distractions of our daily worries and focus on um, God and Christ, their presence in heaven, and us entering into that presence. Yeah. Okay? Then we are starting to open ourselves to spiritual formation. So... God is present with us all the time. He's present with us. Correct. Uh, there's no place that we can go that he is not. Scripture talks about that in, in a number of places. But our challenge is to put our focus and undivided attention solely on him or us being present to God. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's important to do this as we prepare for worship. Yeah. As we prepare for fellowship with one another. Uh, as we prepare for prayer or meditation on Scripture, uh, we have to be present to God. If if um, if I am too distracted, uh, then then I'm really not going to be entering into that fully with with God's presence right. or my attention to it. It's just right. going to come and it's just and it's going to go. So. Um, you know, we don't have to worry about trying to get God's attention. It's actually getting our attention. There you go. Yes. I would say I love that. Because um, you say undivided attention. That's something that is uh, pretty rare nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm speaking for myself, too. So, um, you know, getting everything right, um, getting prepared uh, for worship and fellowship, that's a, a wonderful thing. I'm present to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a note on that. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so when we um, are focusing on the presence of God... What is that just on uh, certain situations or is that something that uh, we need for every day, for everything? Yeah, it, it needs to be something that's incorporated every day as we walk around, you know, understanding God is with us and Christ is with us. And in each in each um, moment, knowing that he is there for us, but also that we are. Um, that we are there with the, with him. We can be going throughout our daily activities and stop 
and, you know, acknowledge God, talk to him. We can have those quick conversations with him. Um, just because he's a, he's a constant companion yeah. and we just, uh, can, can do that by acknowledging him at those small moments. But also, um, when we are spending our time uh, specifically to sit down and and be alone with God, okay, um, it's it's important for us to kind of really set those conditions that we're really focused on Him. Yeah. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've sat down and I've, I'm getting ready for my prayer, or my Bible reading, and 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 um. And also in my mind, I, I is somewhere else. Yeah, it's on. It's on a um, you know. There's two or three things I got to get done today. I'm going to get this and this and this, and and, I, and I'm and I'm going to squeeze God in first. But you know, so um, it it it's a it's a continual um, focus that we need to have, practice that we need to have to make sure we slow ourselves down, clear our minds. Oh well, there you go. Okay. So. Uh, you mentioned in the class, you're talking about uh, um, a parent coaxing a toddler, uh, which really stuck with me, of course, because I've got one at home. Uh, kind of like a, hey, look over here uh, to, to what they're saying. You know, sometimes that can be hard since a, a small child can be a little bit distracted. So uh, I totally understand that. You know, we could be like that, too. Um, so um, are there any other steps that we have? We have uh, creating the conditions. with the, It starts with desire and then focusing on the presence. Uh, what else What else do we need to do for uh that. Yeah, well, this gets to kind of what I think is the, the kind of the crux and the heart of it all. Um, and we talk about it here, and then we talk about it specifically in certain spiritual disciplines as we go along later as well, too. But it's it's practicing self-awareness and mm. self-examination. Yeah. So that kind of gets to the, that gets to the hard part of, yeah. of it. We, once we set ourselves in, in Christ, Christ's presence, um, we know that we're in a safe place. Uh, we know there's nothing we can hide from him. Um, we know he knows everything in our hearts already. Yeah. But sometimes, again, the trick is for us to stop and, and look and say, here's an area of my life. God, you've always known it's there. You know, you're just waiting for me to open up and admit that, yeah, I need to work on this. Yeah. You know, um, and so self-examination is really a part of um, the core of what it takes for us to open ourselves for God and his spirit to do the transforming work on us. If we never... um, acknowledge, never admit, never look at those things inside of us that need to be changed, how are we ever going to participate God with God in that change process? That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always, I've said this many times to the youth group, but, you know, uh, get into that comfort zone of being like, this is, this is what, it's, it's a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. The comfort mm-hmm. zone is very beautiful, but nothing grows there. So, yeah, the self-examination part, which is another word that is uh, almost taboo now. Nobody wants to do that, but it's a very big part of, uh, of calling us uh, of the life that God has called us to, constantly uh, looking mm-hmm. at ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, w- I would add in there, too, you know, we, that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a safe place. 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, when we're with God and we're self, we're engaged in self-examination. It's not about us beating ourselves up because oh look how awful I am, um, but it is admitting you know I'm weak and I need your strength. Yeah. And the good thing about it is, is God knows that, but He's not looking at us in a condemning way. He's looking at us with grace and love and mercy. Yeah. And so we can examine the worst parts of ourselves that need transformation um, without feeling that fear of condemnation. And now that's hard because people in the world, you know, who, you know, we've dealt with probably, you know, have a little judgment and condemnation on us on our weak points in life. And so yeah. it's kind of hard to open those up. Yeah. Uh, confession is a, is a big thing with God. It's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So when um, we spend our focused time with God, uh, knowing that he sees our hearts and loves us, um, we can allow him to search us. And, and you know, Danny and I touched on uh, being known by God in the in our podcast we talked about on the other day. Uh, that's a, that's a, an amazing thing. Uh, you know, he's also said um, from the pulpit, it's not about obedience, but relationship. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not about being our best self, but... Uh, being our realest self to God. I thought that was something great to, to add on to there for sure. So we have um, those three things. Those are the three pretty much uh, simplest things to, to take on from uh, from those, uh, creating the conditions. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how we create the conditions. Uh, focus on him being with us and being willing to open our hearts up to whatever he has to to say to us, whatever he wants us to transform in our lives. So the uh, invitation is uh, more for God to help us know what is inside of ourselves that needs change. So, uh, Stephen, do you have any, uh, I think this might be a a good place to kind of wrap up this episode before we get any any further. I I do, we do have some notes for another episode for sure, Um, but Kind of give us a uh, a wrap up here of the uh, creating the conditions, yeah, to, to take with us this week. Yeah. So another one of the key concepts that we talk about in class is, and it's kind of a summary of what we've talked about. Our part is to give ourselves our time, our attention, and our honest heart to God to build a relationship with Him that is intimate and open to change. Okay. We need to both imitate and internalize Jesus. Okay, so that's kind of a summary of what we've uh, talked about so far. Um, God wants us to to be transformed. Um, that's the message of the New Testament. And um, we can do that. Uh, and he will, he, we can open ourselves to that. He can do it in yeah. us if we're willing to take the time and, and make that a priority which I believe is the priority of the Christian life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Steve, thank you again for, for sitting down for this episode. Um, we've got sure, thank you. We've got more uh, things to come for sure. You know, next episode we could uh, go ahead and, and start with the results of that spiritual uh, formation, if you like. And then um, do you want to give a little um, preview of the spiritual disciplines? Do you have a, a, a list there that uh, eventually we're going to be going over? The spiritual disciplines that we will, we will look at um, are the spiritual disciplines of solitude and silence, okay. which, again, Jesus practiced. Um, it kind of gets to what we've just been talking about, the self-examination. Right. And so it's a little bit more of a framework around how that will work. Um, we will talk about the source of where 
our transformation can come from, and that's the scripture. Yeah. Okay, so we will talk about um, study of scripture, memorization of scripture, oh, nice. meditation on scripture. Mm. And there's a difference between those three, so we'll yeah. talk about those. We'll talk about prayer. We'll talk about the power of prayer and, 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 and everything that's involved in that communication that we have with God. Uh, we will talk about um, the Sabbath and the importance of rest. Mm. Um, which we don't talk a lot about, we do but, not. Um, but, but, but scripture definitely has that as an, an important, um, signpost for our lives, I guess, yeah. from the creation. Right. That's true. Uh, and an, an important thing for us. Um, and then we'll, and we'll talk about fasting as well too. Okay. Jesus fasted. It was very prominent in the, in the Bible. It's again, it's a little bit foreign to us. Yes. But uh, it's a, certainly a spiritual discipline uh, that is in the New Testament in Jesus' life and others. Uh, then when we look at, and those are what we call the individual disciplines, but then when we look at the community disciplines, uh, we are going to look at, at worship. The, the primary yeah. you know, purpose of us is to give God honor and glory. And so worship, uh, we will talk about its purposes and we will talk about um, you know, what ways we do that. When we come together to worship, uh, maybe what we do is our individual lives as worship, there you go. what that means. So we'll talk about worship and all the different aspects of that. Uh, we will talk about community and, and, and fellowship, uh, the disciplines of being together yeah. uh, and, and what that means. And, and there's some food eating in there somewhere. So Excellent. Um, <laughs> I knew you would like that. <laughs> yes. And then we will also talk about ministry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a discipline. All those are disciplines, um, and they're part of our spiritual growth. And so those are the disciplines that we'll, that we'll be covering through the next several several lessons in class and here on our podcasts. Well, that's, that's exciting stuff. Um, I'm really looking forward to all of that. And I, I love uh, all of those things. Uh, meditation and memorization on Scripture is one of the things I, I love starting off with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I'm going to be uh, fasting is probably one I'm going to be asking a lot of questions on because that's one I probably don't know the most about. So I'll be asking a lot of questions for that. Um, and speaking of questions, I um, want to let everybody listening know, if you guys have any questions for, for Steve or I to uh, expand on any of this, uh, go ahead and send them to hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. And um, we'll definitely get those, try to get those answers, what I always say. I'll say we're, we're not two guys sitting here that we have all the answers, but we'll try our best to discuss them. Um, so, Steve, thanks again. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week already um, and all hope right, everybody is you. out there too. Me too. All right. Thank you, Jeff. All right. And have a good one. All right. You too.